0: It is the book of First Peter 4, verse 7. It says, The end of all things is near, therefore be clear-minded and self-controlled, so that you can pray. Above all, love each other deeply, because love covers over a multitude of sins. Offer hospitality to one another without grumbling. Did we see this now? Verse 10 says, Each one should use whatever gift he had received to serve others, faithfully administering God's grace in its various forms. I think this scripture is talking to every one of us. It's like trying to conclude the things God has been speaking. He says, The end of all things is near, therefore be clear minded and self controlled so that you can what? Pray. And I think God has been dealing with heart and mind, isn't it here? It hinders prayer. Above all, love each other Word deeply. We must build a church where people love one another, not people suspecting one another. Where members are afraid of other members because they have some devils in them. We have to build a church where people can eat with one another, drink with one another, and trust one another. People celebrate one another. They are happy with one another. Pray with one another. Such church can be achieved only when Jesus is spoken about. And He says, Love each other deeply because love covers over a multitude of sins. So you don't have church where everybody's grumbling, fighting, division, and all stuff like that. It shouldn't be keeping malice in the house of God. When you teach them Jesus, it breaks all those yokes. And he says, verse 9, Offer hospitality to one another without grumbling. Each one should use whatever gift he has received to serve others. Amen? Faithfully administering God's grace in its various forms. Verse 11 says, If anyone speaks, he should do it. As one speaking the very words of God. If anyone serves, he should do it with the strength God provides. So that, in all things, God may be praised. Through Jesus Christ, to whom what be the glory and power forever and ever. Amen. Now, what we have been looking at is question time. If any one of you have any question you want to ask from all the things you have been taught, write it now and just pass it. Pass it down. Do we have let me first ask how many of you have questions that you wanted to ask? Raise your hand. You haven't got a question, then I will ask you a question. That's how it is in CFT. You have a question, brother? Any other question? Any other person? I see that, brother. Are you you have a question, cameraman? Have a question. Is that cameraman one question? Ah. <laughs> because I will ask him what question are you asking when you are still facing your camera. Now, so we have only one question. Okay, now from that question we have many things coming up. Now, somebody asked a question about King James version. There's a text that I've been sent about over the world now and it's gone viral. And someone was talking about that text that someone, some people sent a text out. To discredit NIV and the allegation is that NIV means some verses that King James recorded another one says that NIV was translated the Lawrence who translated NIV they also translated the so who published not translated who published the NIV is the same publisher that published the book the Bible of Satan okay and so this group of folks are now trying to discourage Christians from reading the NIV. And we answered the question, and let me just give you a summary about it. Number one is a wrong argument. It is, if you look at it from an intellectual point of view, it doesn't, it's not valid. The reason why it's not valid is that you have Bible translated in various dialects today. One of them is my mother tongue and um, i was approached by one of the theologians who went to the last conference of global theologians and scholars looking at all translations of bible in the world and they came up with a verdict that yoruba bible is the nearest to the to the main truth it was translated by a man called bishop ajayi crowder who was a scholar of hebrew and greek and if you look at it therefore is that claim correct well to the best of the knowledge of those who 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 in their own integrity have published that yes but it may not be true second thing is that if you look at the niv version the verses that are missing in it niv did not attempt to pretend as if those verses does not exist because they 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 will write verse 19 and verse 21. If they intend to obsolete it, they would not have written, omitted verse 20. So that when you are reading it, you know that verse 20 does not exist in this Bible. And they did that deliberately because they did it in comparison with King James Version. And they have a footnote that says that, well, this verse was not in the earlier manuscript because NIV went to an earlier manuscript than King James to interpret the Bible. And they also said that the scribes added those ones into the King James Version. Okay, so you have the argument of that, and you have the argument of those who say that NIV are Unitarians, they do not believe in the in God the Trinity. But I read in the NIV in the beginning God created the heavens and the earth. Now the earth was voiced by two verse two, and the spirit of God was moving over the over the deep, and then God said, And you have Father, Spirit, the Word. And NIV also reported that in the beginning there was the word, the word was with God, the word was God, he was with God in the beginning, by him all things were made, apart from him was nothing made, and verse 12, he says, and the word became flesh and dwelt among us, and verse 14, he, 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 he you know, <laughs> became flesh, dwelt among us, We beheld his glory, the glory of the only Son. So we understand the fact that if you talk about Trinity, NIV reported about Trinity again and again and again and again and again, therefore, what did Paul say? Paul said to us that we should avoid controversies of words. I personally can tell you, I read NIV for more than probably about 40 years. I used to read the revised standard version and then it disappeared. And then I started it NIV. All my encounters in God were through NIV. All the miracles performed in my ministry was through NIV. If God is not in it, why should he perform the miracles? And my knowledge of the word is sound. And all those knowledge came from NIV, not from King James. But I started reading King James back because some people told me that King James is easier to memorize. And when I read the word, Thus yet the Lord Almighty thy God, I felt that is more holy word than NIV. And I began to do memorization in King James. But after some time, I recognized that, well... There are some words in Cringes, I I suffer you not to do something. And I began to look for the meaning of the word suffer. And the interpretation of the word suffer in English grammar does not really tally with what I'm saying, unless I'm using the word metaphorically, according to the King James Version. I would have had you, is what the NIV says, and rather than I suffer you not to. And I also recognize that the word sober, be sober, be sober, be sober, some people don't understand it. They thought it's just to be looking mournful and stuff like that. But that is not what the King James is saying. So we have understanding that King James was written in King James English to that society. Now, New King James decided to go better, to become a lot modern and new king james is very similar to the interpretation in niv and it contains all the verses of king james so what will i do i will read my niv because i understand it easier i will read my, NIV, my king james vers- uh, new king james version that's what i will do but you see the king james version not in every verse you can understand because of the english in which it is written so as well as I study the NIV for teaching because it's very communicating, it's modern day English and you don't need dictionary to understand it. I look at also New King James in parallel, and sometimes I look at the King James version in studies. So to say that NIV version is all these things the Lambasi to me is not true because there's no intellectual argument to prove that. If you, dis- if you say that is so, then all tribe translation is not correct. And I believe that it is just some people who just came up with all these controversies to get Christians busy discussing what is not and ignore the truth so that we cannot manifest in what we should really be. So therefore, I will say to you that if you read NIV, it is It is solid. It is inspired by God. If you read New King James Version, it's very good too. If you read Old King James Version, your English must be very good. Or else, you don't understand what you are reading. I we together now. For the verses they said were missing, NIV said that those verses were not in the original scripts. King James said the verses in the script they interpreted. And the evidence is that the script from which NIV was interpreted is earlier than King James. Like, if King James was 600, 600 AD scripts, NIV was probably about 400 AD scripts. So, but those that quote to me, I believe very much that none of us can understand that because we are not scholars who did research specifically into the interpretation, uh, the writing of the Bible, translation of the Bible. We need to be scholars to know all the, how about the information and all the, you know, relevant history facts to that. But the fact is this: NIV is the Word of God, as well as New King James, and as well as King James version. God will not answer you because you spoke King James English. He will answer you because your heart is right with Him. So I will say to every one of you. Forget about those guys. Some people want to sell books. Others want to make gain. Others have sold more than the others, and they are looking for a way to retaliate and discourage the sales of that. That's all this wrangling that is going on. Some folks want to make money off us, and they are really making the money. The other thing I will help you to understand is this. You may meet Muslims who have been taught to argue that the Bible contradicts itself. That is the teaching they teach Muslims all their lives. But if you look at either King James Version, NIV Version, New King James Version, or American Standard Version, or Amplified Version, or Life Application Bible, if you look at all these translations, and you look at the reports of some stories about Jesus, as reported in Matthew, sometimes it's different from as reported in Luke, because Luke said some more things in this context that Matthew didn't even go to. And if you go to Mark, Mark said it in a different way and omitted some things that Luke said. The reason we understand is because Mark was written to a different class of people. Luke was written to Theophilus because the the father of Luke is the book of Acts. Okay? And then Matthew was written to the Jews, isn't it? And of course John... The disciple that the Lord loves, you know, is written to some other class of people. And when these people were writing the report, they wrote the report bearing in mind what those people are, their culture, they believe, and they use those things to communicate the gospel. And so it will not be necessary for you to write about angels to a man who doesn't believe in mystery or to write about uh, miracles, signs, and wonders a person who doesn't believe in uh, who who are intellectual so if you write about miracle signs and wonders to the intellectual you have to intellectually communicate it and we will see these different approaches which is what from historical principle validated that the scripture is true that is what validates the bible because if a sin happened this meeting we have here If we tell every one of you to write about what I said or what um, Doc has said, you will write the same thing but in different forms. And that's the fact that you were eyewitnesses together or someone who got it from the So, And that does not make the Bible fallible at all. It really helps the authenticity of the Bible. So I want to appeal to every one of you. I have sent out my own, fa- uh, t- um, yeah, what do you call it now, uh, yeah, text to counter that and tell people that the people who wrote it are just warmongers who need money somewhere to make pocket of some people rich. Their words are null and void, it's unintellectual, it's unacademical, it's an spiritual, and they do not seek the health of the church of God. They only seek controversies and dichotomy. In the church of God, and the church of God should refrain from believing what they have said. Are we together now? So that is the position of NIV King James version. And uh, I think I told uh, the pastors about um, some people in in Nigeria. Their own English is different. If someone says that thus saith the Lord thy God, all of us will bow our heads. But if someone say, "Na God," they talk. I don't come for unamis today as I did do so before. I have my blessing in my hand, Yafun Yafun, to give unto everyone according to my power. You will say that that is not God speaking. That is the own language, hallelujah. If they have to interpret your King James into that, that is what it will be. Can someone tell me in English the word Uyigi Yigi? Tell me in English. Almighty. Almighty. What about Oloru Alagbara? All powerful God. What about Uludu <laughs> <laughs> Mari? Eh? What about Aterere Karyaye? <laughs> <laughs> Incredible (laughs) God. You won't find that in King James. (laughs) What about (laughs) Omigbatik Bala, Lara? Hallelujah. Banik Banita, Asaya. Okeleyomobala. Hallelujah, somebody. All these things are names of God in Yoruba Bible. And English have no words to qualify them. So you can't find it in King James. Hallelujah, somebody. So we need to just recognize this, brethren. We must not be caught in. You know what I want to see and what heaven wants to see? Is for the saints that will go to marketplaces and raise the dead on the streets of our cities, heal the cripple, not in church anymore. But on the streets this is what the world is waiting for and this is the dispensation the Church of God is born. so let us understand this we yearn to know him only and the power of his resurrection if you are using King James God bless you is a good translation if you are using the N-I- King James uh, New King James is a good translation if you are using NRV is a good translation if you use American standard Version it's a good translation life application Bible fantastic. Um, There is this other Bible. Amplified. Even when you read Amplified, sometimes you're almost confused. But (laughs) it's a good Bible. (laughs) Very, very, it's a good Bible. Those Bibles are for people who have a scholastic mind. It helps you to broaden your knowledge scholastically, to investigate and look at meaning of words, to be able to know how to apply it thank god for them now i will answer there are two questions that uh, three questions that we will answer here there is a question about time that pastor want to ask what is the question about time yes pastor ask the question please no the Put it on at the bottom. Can you make sure we can hear him, please? Yes, go ahead.
1: So earlier on, when you mentioned about tithing, that um, they are part of the Malachi, which God says that um, you are robbing me. Yes. That, that cannot be used to collect that because that will um, intimidate yes. the people. But in teaching about giving, yes, um, can it be also right to uh, go up to the passages Yes. To explain the consequences of no Yes, tithing. that's
0: what I tell you, you should do. Okay. That, you know, the Bible says in the book of uh, Malachi 3, Can a man rob God, yet he rob me? If I will teach you about tithing, I'll say, the Bible says in the book of Malachi chapter 3, verse 8, Can a man rob God, yet he rob me? I'm sure there's no robber here. He's not one of us. Okay? But some people are like that, and God spoke about it. And then I will go to the book of Zechariah chapter 4 there's a curse that I have sent out, says the Lord, he shall look for the house of a thief, and the house of those who swear in vain. To these people, the Bible calls a thief, the curse go out on God. He said, He shall eat their timber to rot, He shall destroy their pillars. And so a child of God must not rob God. But then he went for that to say, then he said, All the nations you are under curse, and that goes with, with Zechariah. Then he says, bring all your time, the whole time, to my storehouse. I say, wow, that is everyone here, isn't it? Amen. And so, if so somebody who is not giving, we know that, oh, I'm in big trouble. The fact the fact is that others will be motivated to give. People, when you, when you teach people about giving to God, you must not, you must make sure you are saying things that will really open their heart, motivate, encourage them happily to want to give to god and that's the reason why exploring and exploiting the covenant blessing that attached with it is very very good having explained to them that look this is the only covenant god said if you do this i will destroy the virus in your vineyard i will open the floodgates of heaven and bless you but satan doesn't want us to receive the blessing so he makes us rob god sometime and when we do that the consequence is there but we must recognize you must not allow the devil to rob you. You must not, You must obey the Lord your God and celebrate him. If God has blessed you with all what he has given to you, then you must obey him by giving your tithe and offering. Such so teaching will help them. And many other scriptures of covenant and promise of giving, will help people to happily want to give God. But the fact is that what about if somebody decides not to, they always come with, with cry and tears eventually because the virus will deal with them. Someone said to me before that tithing is an Old Testament, isn't it? Have you heard that before? Minister's defense. Let me give you the defense. Matthew twenty three twenty three. You can't forget it. Matthew twenty three twenty three. Matthew twenty three twenty three. Jesus says, "What do you teach us of the law and Pharisees? You hypocrites." You give a tenth, which is tight, of your spices. All right? Means, deal, and cumin. You have neglected the more important matter of the law justice, mercy, and faithfulness. Now it says, you should have practiced the latter without neglecting the former. So Jesus said you should do hospitality, but you must be tight. The New King James says, Woe to you, scribes and Pharisees. Hypocrites. For you pay tithe of means and anise and cumin, and have neglected the weightier matter of the law, justice and mercy and faith. This you ought to have done without leaving the others undone. So Jesus says that tithe, you must tithe, but also you must help the people. So if someone says that it's Old Testament, tell him that Jesus commanded it. Are we together now? Yes, question? I've answered it. Do you have a question? Pastor? Yes, or tight. Yes, tell me the question.
1: Establish a work in North America, I realize that at the end of the tax year, the government will give back money to those who tithe in churches. Now, the question is, do they get back the money?
0: Huh? You say that again.
1: In Africa, we didn't have this problem. Mm-hmm. When you tax, when you tie, mm. government doesn't give you back the money. The yes, taxes. that's right. In North America, when you are declared your tax at the end of the tax year, all
2: mm-hmm.
1: what you give the church as tight, mm-hmm. the government will give it back to you. Yes. And the question is: should the Christian receive the money given back by the government?
0: When the, the, the Christian receive the money, should
1: they receive the money they return from the government?
0: That the government gives you. Give them back. Ah, oh, you were, you, it was jet lag. You were not here when I was teaching it. <laughs> Let me say something to you. I was saying to the minister before we came: every minister in, in Africa. In a short time, we'll be required to comply with charity law. When you open a church, it's a charity. It's not your own business. Okay? In England here, if members give money, that money must be recorded. Their their envelope must be kept for six years. At the end of the year, you will give a printout of what they gave the church total. In a year to them, people who are in the tax band, high income earners, they will now send it to the tax office that this is how much I give to charity. The tax office will make allowance for that from their own tax. So if the tax office, let's say they give 10,000 pounds and tax office bill them, you know, like somebody who have earned all this money. They will take out the money they give to charity before they tax the rest for them. So some members will receive check from the tax office back from what they have gotten where the government has taxed them. Not only that, the tax office will now send money to the church, 28%. So if your church made a million in a year, they will send you 280000 If you find that check, will you not take it? Government send you 280000 Will you not take the check? will you not take the check my problem is not with it with the
1: church my problem is with the members who tied
0: no because the members you, who tied if you, they please. gain because if the member tied, okay government will pay the church from their own tax then then government will not deduct their, their the money they gave the church from their gross before they tax the remaining
1: maybe it's different with the highest with in north America what happened
0: with uh nah,
1: in, in north America, if I give tie to the church yes the registered church a charity let me say five thousand dollars yes at the end of the the, 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 the tax year yeah when I file in for my taxes and uh, the church gives I, I haven't given me a receipt to prove that I, d- I did pay tithe to the church yeah the government will return return me five thousand dollars.
0: Return the five thousand to you. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. They return the five thousand to the
1: to, to, to the man who paid tithe to the church.
0: Eh, well it's, it's a good thing, isn't sure. it?
1: So many people
2: now <laughs> What's ha- Bishop you're wrong. Okay. What's okay. happening okay. is okay. yes, yes, you should allow that and of course they're gonna get blessed from the government yeah. and God. Yeah. That's what happens. Uh, so
1: <laughs> my problem, tight. Huh? They didn't they didn't tie. So many people they now, don't give, they, they don't give, they know that giving tithe, the money will come back to them. Yes,
2: yes, and when they give it back, that's, it that's, tithe tithe the. <laughs> listen, l- the Lord said, <laughs> men will give back into your bosom. <laughs>
1: it's actually a big problem. Pastor,
2: pastor,
0: pastor. I will start a church in Canada. It means my church will be rich. It means that a member of my church can give me, instead of tight of 5,000, a member of my church can just give me 10,000. And the government will give it back to him. So my church is 10,000, 20,000 richer. Yeah, so the,
1: the idea now is the tight concept.
0: No, the tight concept is this. If, it has, if an offering has left your hand, it belongs to God. Once of the offering have left your hand, it belongs to God. So, if that country gives back, it puts that member in a position that he cannot decide to even give more to the church. And that is the principle of tithing. Principle of tithing does not, it doesn't matter what the government do with, the, with you who gave. You have labored out of your labor you had given to God. Period. If they give you, then the word of God says, give. It shall be given back to you, full measure pressed down, shaken together, but it oh shall men and in this case shall governments <laughs> Hallelujah, somebody
2: <laughs> <laughs> Listen Le- Leviticus Leviticus 27 and 30 says that tithe is holy and it belonged to the Lord. So the tithe is sanctified by God irregardless because it belonged to the Lord. So in America, the government is just now is getting in harmony with God's plan. They giving back to the believer as a result. Plus God's law still is in effect. That it blesses that person because they are tithing as unto the Lord. That's just God calling the world to respond to the principle of tithing, which, uh, which one of the things the Lord showed me, tithing is equal to what the ark was to Noah. Just like the ark saved Noah and his whole household from the destruction of the flood. The tithe will be the revelation of God in the last days that saved the church from the end time economic destruction that's coming on the land.
0: I think this is one of the reasons why God is blessing America. Because if America will pay somebody who paid God, I mean, they are just falling in line with blessing. Um, I think we have one question from you and uh, the, the deacon over there, and we will sort that out. Yes, what is it? I, it? It's not a question. It's just that about I think I sense a slight belly aching here. I think it's a great thing that, you know, brethren in America, not America, wherever, mm. get something back Some from the government. And we exactly everything. That, yes.
2: Rather than ache about yeah, that's it. That's right. It's almost as though they shouldn't get it. After all, if they are they gave it to God. Why should the government give them back? Yeah.
0: Bless we that government. We should celebrate that. We Bless should rejoice that over it. Absolutely. Um. yeah that's right yeah that's right Other that thing avenues they can put the money in some other things and get the money back yeah any charity they can get the money from that is yeah. just a
3: quick sorry
0: <laughs> yes
3: it's just a quick point here
1: because yes. i worked in dallas texas So I know what he's talking about. And they don't actually give you back the tithe you pay to the church. It's just like when I do my annual returns uh, in December. Mm. They take into account your expenditure. Here, they don't care whether you pay tithe or not. But what your expenses and stuff like that, you include it in your annual returns. It's just that. So my pastor at the end of the year would give me uh, uh, a statement of all what I gave to the church. And I submit it. With my annual returns, mm-hmm. and then I get money back—not the exact amount I gave to the church, but they for take in, into in account England. all what in I have In England, in, in America, England. I okay, walked, in America too. I worked in the states for two years. I was yeah. a teacher in Dallas, Texas, all
2: right.
0: and that's
1: what happened. Okay, you they know. give
0: you part of it back.
1: Oh yes, you get some money back, but it's not even, like giving even you the time Reverend, you paid. No.
0: if they give you everything, everything back, I they I are fulfilling the scriptures. <laughs> Brother, what is your question, please? I Lord. think we're enjoying ourselves. We we'll yes. s- we have to get out of this place in five minutes. Yes.
3: Um, praise the Lord. Um, Daddy, my question has to do with um
0: wealth. You know wealth. You've,
3: uh, yes. Yes. Um, you've talked about though it's um you've told us that um it's not proper for Christians to go after wealth. Yes. And the Bible has um, taught us that that um, you know the love of money, is the root of all evil. Mm-hmm. But then, as a Christian without necessarily going after wealth. Mm. When God created man, He told man to have dominion over all the earth. Yes. He put those things, you know, in control of man. Yes. But nowadays we get to see situations where the unbelievers are the ones getting rich. Yes. And I, sometimes I'm forced to like ask the questions. Yes. We are, as Christians, we are supposed to, according to the Bible standard, we are supposed to be the ones controlling the wealth. Yes. You know, so that we can propagate the gospel. We That's we right. s- The ones who are supposed to, you know, have this riches in our coffers. Yes. Now, my question now goes first. Fine. When, even though I'm not going after well, but don't you think it's proper for, you know, Christians to be the ones to, you know, like, um, kind of like go in control or put those things in control of... I mean, have the control of others' things?
0: Yes, I will answer that question.
3: Because I feel Number when
0: one, you're asking for you. whether I feel. I don't feel so. But what does the Bible say? That's what I will say. Because as a lawyer, I've been told, you will never speak your feeling in the law court. The judge will throw you out. You have to speak according to the statutes. What does the statutes of God say? Proverbs chapter 22, verse 21. Submit to God. And be at peace with him. In this way, prosperity will come to you. Alright? If you look at the book of, uh, uh, no, sorry, Job 22 21, then in Proverbs 4, it says that um, um, uh, prosperity is the reward of righteousness. Now, this is it. Christians ought to be rich, and we cannot compare riches with the people in the world because they will get rich by fraudulent means. And then that yeah, and that's why the Bible says that we shouldn't compare them. Like some people, they published now one of them in Nigeria when President of Nigeria went to America, he has 1.4 billion. Another one had 1. 1.2 billion in savings in America. But if you look at it, they showed us a program three weeks ago here where they, they robbed Nigeria. Nigeria was to sell barrel of crude cool oil for hundred nine hundred dollars per barrel. This from a company in um, time. And they bought the crude oil from Nigeria for 40 cents and they sold it to the same American government for, uh, you know, for $1, $1, whatever. Now, they made the 60% of the profit to their pocket which would go to the government of Nigeria. So, this is how the people of the world make wealth. That's the reason why the Bible says we should not follow them and not have our mindset on wealth. But, what about the church? That is what we discuss in Ministers' meaning that a church must address spiritual social and mental development of his members how will you, the youth get rich by we teaching them to study hard forget about husband, uh, boyfriend or girlfriend read b- very well don't do first degree and say you have read begin again is not the end of reading It's the beginning so you have, if you do any course you do first degree second degree when you go into work and you are working update yourself all the time do more degrees in master's level By various means so that in about five ten years when they will begin to promote people to directorship you are too qualified the issue is that when believers don't read so much so that when time for uh, uh, promotion comes God wants to promote them but they don't have anything in their hand for God to promote if you look at the people in the world who are into academics they read mad Christians should read more than them second thing is that Christians who are doing business must be faithful in their giving and work in righteousness, and God will prosper their businesses. And the problem with believers is that, you know, half has that uh, uh, obedience. Half obedience is non-obedient at all. And this is the major thing that we ministers resolve, that the church must be taught to be faithful to God, to be truthful to God, and to be hard-working. The Bible says every hard work leads to profit. Let me give you some few scriptures. and I think that's the end of the case. You have one one, um, question? Let me read these scriptures to you out of my prayer book. This, I just took one page to write um, all this. Look at what it says here. Proverbs 16.3, commit to the Lord whatever you do, and your plans will succeed. Many Christians don't commit the things to the Lord. They just do it and ask God to bless it. Now, it says in Proverbs 10.22, the the blessings of the Lord make a rich without in sorrow. Alright, Proverbs 10.2, ill-gotten wealth treasures are of no value, but righteousness delivers from death. Christians must not do people, lie to people to make money. It will destroy the good money that you got. Proverbs 13.11, dishonest money dwindles away, but he who gathers money little by little makes it grow. Many Christians don't save. Even if it's 10 10 pounds every month you are saving, if you save 10 pounds every month for 20 years, it's a lot of money. Mm And uh, instead of looking for quick, quick, quick money, okay? Money doubler. You sow your seed today, you have 24 hours miracle. It doesn't happen. Proverbs 10:4. Lazy hands make a man poor, but diligent hand bring wealth. Christians should be very diligent, hardworking, so that God can see something to bless in the hand. And I can read more and more and more. Misfortune pursues the sinner, but prosperity is the reward of righteousness. Proverbs 13:21 And Proverbs 22, f- uh, uh, 4. Humility and the fear of God brings wealth and honor and life. Proverbs one five the plans of a diligent lead to profit, as surely as haste lead to poverty. And I can read many more for you in, to you in this book. So therefore, believers need to know, we are the one God has given the world, but we must be righteous for the promise to work for us. We do not set our heart on material things, but we set our heart on pleasing God. And when we shall con- con- connect with God... Especially in our heart and mind, then prosperity will be a gliding and easy thing to happen. That is the position of the church. The last Sir, question. You are a CEO of a company, and you pay your tithe. Pardon me? You are a CEO of a company. Yes. You pay your tithe. Sure. What about the organization? Organizations to tithe. Two, the church. You are the general overseer. You pay your tithe. Yes. What about your church tithe? Your church? Your church as a body. Yes. Do you tithe? Yes. As a body. As yes. A church. No. The Bible didn't say that a body should tithe. But if we decide to tithe, it is our decision. The people the Bible commands to tithe, it is you who walk and sweat. The church don't labor. The church should give more than they are tied out. Really, the issue of tithing of church came by uh, when church began to plant branches. Alright? Then the mother church, which is the ecclesiastic church, demanded that the the branch churches tied into a common post, but that pause is like, a, 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 you know, um, what do you call this thing? Is In America, they have it. No. Uh, when, there's a, when there's a tragedy, they have a, a post they go into. It, well, it is a rescue pause. So that if you tie it into your mother church, it, ha- it takes care of all the administration, they are doing over you and stuff like that. And when uh, anybody of the branch has an issue, Maybe they want to buy a property maybe there's something there it is in that big common post they go to some churches you pay thirty percent no 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 some churches you pay thirty percent according to the administrative structure. We are going to talk about structure of churches tomorrow according to the so and some churches you put all your offering in one post and they give branch churches thirty percent. all right there is no sin in any method. Whoever is the founder of a church must think about a formula that can help him achieve his aim. You know, so that if a branch church has a need, the mother church is there to fulfill that need. They want to buy property, they buy it. It's the owner, the church is the owner, it's not any branch church. Any branch church don't own nothing. That's what church should be. The best way to run a church is that that they all put in their offering into one common post and the church give uh, you know enough money for them expenses. If look at I was studying the most the 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 longest lasting churches the roman catholic church and anglican church and i found out that the shortest living churches are pentecostal pentecostal die when the founder dies the one that did not die by the second generation is split to pieces if the pope dies roman catholic remains. if the uh, archbishop of england dies, he remains why all their income go to one pocket all their pastors are employed by one pocket. And they have salary structure for everybody. All their buildings, they own it. No local church owns anything. They can post their pastors from here to another place. It doesn't matter. His salary remains. Whether they post you to go and pastor a church of ten people, or you are pastor in a thousand people, the great you are, that's what you are. Maybe you are good in pioneer. They can send to pioneer. You still have your money. They have insurance for you. They have a gratuity for you. When you retire, they pay you pension, they pay you gratis. That's what Pentecostal should do. Tomorrow, we shall continue.